Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Fernando Martinez, CIO at Parkland Hospital and Health System. In this segment, Martinez discusses the high level of innovation coming from a safety net hospital, why he remains tight-lipped about his security strategy, and what it's like to be part of a major hospital construction project. Are there other uh, areas in which you're uh, you're using analytics? I would imagine either now or or planning to in the future. I'm sure I'm limited as to how much I can say because a lot of the development work that they're doing is um, is being done internally and and under some level of of, uh, of development protection and that kind of thing. But what, there's definitely other uh, clinical areas that we see the potential. Uh, some of which have been have been brought up by others, not even brought up by us, but uh, the potential for using these type of predictive analytic um, solutions to address other chronic diseases, uh, sepsis, asthma. There's a bunch of different chronic diseases that we can potentially um, have a very positive impact on using this type of predictive analytics technology. And uh, we'll just have to stay tuned to see where where a PCCI focuses their attention and uh, where it is that, uh, that they continue to expand um, the use of the application. But, yeah, there's a lot of potential. We see it. The industry sees it. Yeah. It's really exciting. This is what, you know, this is what you want to see, you know, having this data and, and using it for, you know, this type of purpose. It's uh, That's a really exciting thing. Yeah, I think it's very notable, and and it's especially fitting that this is coming out of the the public sector, um, you know, county hospital safety net type environment because right. the the individuals that are most underserved in terms of the resources that they have available to them and that can be brought to bear in their care, at least in Dallas County, those individuals uh, that come to this hospital for care, ironically, they have uh, some of the best chances of of recovery and have some of the best chances of not having to be readmitted better than a lot of other organizations around the country that have more resources or more affluent. So it it, it especially uh, serves the, the noble cause of safety net care, taking care of the most underserved. Um, to see this developing in this environment is wonderful. And, and that's one of the reasons that uh, PCCI was uh, spun off as a non-profit. Uh, this is not a for-profit venture. This is more about improving the human condition than it is finding a way to make a dollar. Right. Right. That's a really good point. With the uh, with the amount of, of of data that that you do deal with in the organization, um, I can imagine that uh, security is uh, is a really big priority. So I wanted to to just talk a little bit about uh, you know what type of of strategy you have in place. Um, for uh, you know, for security and uh, you know, in terms of risk analysis, what you're doing. Well, I'm going to be very vague in, in answering this, Kate, because uh, I don't think any organization really likes to talk about their security approach. That's just a, a way of arming people that want to um, direct attacks at you. If you disclose how it is that you architect your security, you're basically giving the blueprint on how to be exploited. But um, to the spirit of your question. Um, data security is a huge concern for us, certainly for PCCI um, and, and the whole emphasis around how it is that we're using clinical data. Um, there's, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of design and purposeful thought given to how it is that we protect our data, um, not just because we want regulatory compliance, but because we honor uh, 
and 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 agree with the 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 covenants of protecting the privacy and confidentiality of our patients. I mean, we approach security uh, in a best practices way. We approach um, the, the risk management and best practices way, just like a lot of other um, high-profile organizations in the country. Risk assessments are part of what we do in and out. We have both internal and external risk assessments uh, that have been going on for some time and will continue to go on. It's just part of the way uh, the business is run, and you know we continue continuously look for opportunities to improve and to get better. Um, our organization, from a security point of view, uh, certainly approaches security in a, in a best practices way. I mean, all of the what you would expect to find in most organizations in regards to how they prepare and protect for security, we're certainly one of the one of the organizations that fall into that. I don't know how, how to best answer that, but it is a big priority for us. We take it very seriously, and I think we do a good job of it. Right. That's not the kind of question that you would answer by saying, oh, yeah, we've got bulletproof security. That's like an <laughs> invitation for for individuals that want to take on a challenge. So I, I think most organizations are very conservative in the way they respond to questions like this, which is to say, you know, we do what's prudent. We work very hard at it. We understand it's a constant threat, and we have to continuously be working at making sure that we're doing a good job of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, we've all seen the stories of the breaches. It's a, it's a very scary thing. It's a very real threat. And, yeah, you have to you have to take every precaution, especially if it means, you know, like you said, not going uh, into detail about what you're doing. That's, that's, just, uh, that's just being smart. Exactly. Um, okay. So now um, in terms of audits, um, is this something that your organization has had to deal with, either um, HIPAA omnibus audit or meaningful use audit to this point? Um, I, I don't think we've had a specific, uh, you know, OCR type audit uh, that's taken place here. In fact, uh, I'm not one that I'm aware of. But meaningful use audits um, certainly are fairly common. I know that we've we've had uh, some meaningful use audits, but that's normal. I think the majority of the hospitals. Um, here in the Dallas area, I remember I was at Chime, I think last fall, and Pam McNutt and some of the other folks that are CIOs here in the community with me. Um, everybody had gotten letters that they were from the feds that there, there was going to be a meaningful use audit of some sort. So we, we did as well, and we've uh, responded to it. It's, you design, you develop your programs, knowing you're going to be audited. So um, it's just a matter of maintaining good documentation and being prepared for when they call on you. Right. So you didn't didn't run into any serious roadblocks, and, and in general felt that uh, the organization was prepared. Absolutely, and you know we responded accordingly. I think, I think most organizations, uh, certainly anybody who's been in, in a CIO role for any period of time knows that first of all, uh, it's inevitable, and second of all, everything hinges on how good your documentation is and your ability to be able to provide the documentation at that point. So as long as uh, as long as you're prepared and you know those things, when the time comes, it's just another routine request that you have to fulfill. Remember, the healthcare industry, we've been audited for years and years and years. I mean, we get audited by state financial agencies, federal financial agencies, regulatory bodies. I mean, there, there's always some sort of an audit going on. It could be a payer coming in to do an audit. It could be the federal government coming in to do an audit. It could be Medicaid doing an audit. I mean, there's... There's so many audits going on. It's just part of our culture, and, you know, we know 
what those requirements are, and as long as you work hard and you're prepared uh, for it, when the time comes, then you don't sweat it. Yeah, <laughs> nothing you haven't been dealing with. <laughs> Absolutely, no doubt. Okay. Now, are there any other kind of uh, uh, big projects or uh, initiatives on your plate at this time or anything you're looking at in the near future? I, I'm, I'm sure there is, but uh, <laughs> um, anything big that we didn't touch on? Well, you know, the most notable thing um, that's going on at Parkland, which you have not touched on, actually, is the fact that we're building a replacement hospital. Um, so Parkland, which uh, is famously uh, recognized, known as, remembered as the hospital where JFK was brought when he was assassinated, um, is a hospital that was built in the 1950s. And so um, several years ago, um, three, four years ago, five years ago, uh, the taxpayers agreed to uh, support the building of a replacement hospital. So there's a replacement Parkland Hospital that is uh, being constructed. In fact, the the construction itself is uh, nearly complete, should be turned over to us later this year, and uh, we'll start uh, occupying it and using it uh, in the beginning of uh, next year, 2015. Uh, but it is a very impressive construction project as healthcare construction projects go. I think this is the largest construction project going on in the U.S. right now. It's a, a close to 2.5 million square foot hospital. Um, it nearly doubles the size of Parkland uh, from current to future state. And, um, you know, it's a very impressive organization being built with a lot of thought towards uh, the emphasis on quality care and, uh, and, and optimal conditions for the delivery of care and uh, clinical outcomes. So you'll have to touch base with me over the course of the next few months and as we move forward towards opening up the hospital and begin to be a little bit more public about what technologies we're deploying there and how the hospital is going to run, I think it's going to be something worth looking into. But uh, oh, yeah. uh, that's a big, big deal right now, and, and, and a lot of our attention is directed at opening up the uh, the uh, replacement hospital. Oh, sure. Now, um, without uh, going into too much detail, which I understand you can't do, um, is this something where where you've been pretty actively involved in uh, in the planning, just as far as being able to to accommodate certain uh, tools, technologies, things like that? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I've been extremely involved. Again, this is another one of the reasons that I I thought this was a wonderful place to to be right now as a professional. I think it's probably the best CIO job in the country. I guess many of us would say that about the jobs that we're in, but I'm certainly. Um, uniquely positioned in regard to all the neat stuff that's going on from PCCI to the new Parkland Hospital. But yes, uh, a lot of the design work predated my arrival from an infrastructure point of view, but a lot of the endpoint solutions that we're looking at, which are, you know, revolve around communication, revolve around the patient experience, you know, revolve around how it is that we deliver care, um, how it is that we reconcile workflows to technology to optimize patient care and the availability of our clinical resources. Um, all of those things are things that I'm involved in, which, which and through, by extension, my team is involved in, uh, that we're very excited about. Uh, you know, technology tends to change materially um, once a year, if in some cases, every six months. I mean, think about how often um, consumer handheld devices, phones, smartphones, and things like that, 
how often those devices are replaced. You know, the development in the field of technology is incredibly fast. So uh, we're only now starting to make actual product selections because having if you made them too early, then they would be obsolete by the time you use them. So yeah. I certainly have been involved, and in, by again, by extension, my team has been involved in not only the overall architecture and laying out the infrastructure that's going to be used, but all of the technologies that are going to ride on that infrastructure that are going to optimize the way our employees work and, and, and optimize the, the way our patients are processed and taken care of and ultimately um, the way we deliver our care and, and uh, the, the highest degree of, uh, of clinical outcomes as a result of it. So it'll certainly be very exciting uh, once, once it's done. I don't think there will be another organization like us, but there's a lot of great healthcare organizations around the country, and there's a lot of big technology adopters, but we will certainly be numbered amongst them. Yeah, definitely. That's a that's a very cool thing to be part of, and uh, I would think for for any CIO, that's it, it, that's a, a really a great opportunity to be part of a, a construction from from the ground up. Absolutely, a- amazing opportunity. Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.